Welcome to the garden, everybody. It's Huey. It's Jay. And this is the Grow Bro Podcast, where we talk about everything under the sun. That is true. Every, every done. Day. Yes. <laughs> done, done. But no, last, uh, last episode, we talked about money and, you know, what salary would make us feel happy for a year. And then we talked about, you know, watching other people's pockets, which I should really not do. We talked a little bit about financial irresponsibility and all that stuff. And it's funny because I saw a tweet um, and somebody said, if you feel like you have to be frugal when you go on vacation or something along those lines, pretty much if you feel like you got to go on vacation and, and be watching your money and be real tight on what you spend, you don't need to be going on vacation. And that kind of mirrors what I said as far as I don't want to go on vacation and be worried about budgeting and shit. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, but of course, you know, the Twitter, you know, poor people just have to go on vacation too. Yeah, there's a fair amount of, there's a fair amount of classism out there where people, uh, just feel like, uh, you should be good enough or you should be doing this other stuff. That also falls in the same line of like watching other people's pockets, let people enjoy things. Yeah. Stop. Uh, but I do agree. I've definitely been on vacation with people who have been like, I ain't trying to spend that much, and I now it's not that they have offered an alternate place to go that is cheaper. It is uh, they just don't want to pay anything over whatever, or they want to compare everything to home. Uh, I've definitely been in foreign countries with people who wanted to go to McDonald's every day, and that is annoying. <laughs> hey, I heard the McDonald's overseas be hitting though. It is. The same shit with their condiments. <laughs> it's not, it's not, <laughs> I didn't come all the way to Italy for you to be like, I'm gonna go get a twenty piece nugget. It's not, but don't not they be that. having like regional things in different McDonald's in different countries? They have, you know, like special things like in Japan when they had that black uh I wanna say Whopper Jesus, that's Burger King. Um or was it a black Whopper? Whoever whatever country had the, the Whopper with the or the burger with the black buns. Uh, I thought that was here. That was that Halloween. I thought that was that Halloween Whopper that made everybody poop neon green or some shit. Uh, and That's in some places, yeah, they do. They have different like burgers made out of different meat, whatever meat they have available there. But like, yeah, uh, that is weird. Hey, the only some thing McDonald's that is different have, like oxtails and shit. Oh, I'm no, I'm not sure. I don't know about that. I'm joking. I do know the soda cans look wild over there. Soda cans look different. Ain't they just like thinner and taller or some shit? They're thinner. The logos, the logo, the main logo is the same, but or like Coca Cola is in like you know it's in different stuff. So I've seen Coca Cola in Arabic that looks intense, mm-hmm. uh, but like everything else is uh, is different. And they put big businesses or like chain restaurants in like tiny places. So like I saw like a double wide trailer that was a Starbucks. That was really weird. Oh, um, but yeah, there's stuff like that that is that is intense. But yes, don't go on vacation and be super frugal. It's cool to be like pocket watching or finding um, cheap eats. I'm a big fan of cheap eats. So like, um, but don't go over there and trying to be like, I'm doing a dollar menu in Aruba. That doesn't make sense. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> you ought to find you a, a all like one of them little resort packages where like oh, you yeah, get all free inclusive food and liquor and shit. Yeah. Just find you one of them. And call it a day. But no, go check out that episode if you haven't. Um, it was a dope conversation, dope discussion as always. Um, but speaking of cheap eats, right? Mm-hmm. There's this uh, celebrity. Y'all might know her. Her name is Lizzo. Mm. And she ordered from, what was it? Postmates. Postmates. And the young lady stole her food. Damn, Tiffany. Tiffany stole Tiffany her W. Food. <laughs> and then Lizzo screenshotted it and was like, hey, yo, Postmates, Tiffany W. stole my food. And Twitter got mad at her for that. Got mad at Lizzo or got mad at Tiffany W.? Got mad at Lizzo. Oh, damn, that's crazy because I damn sure was making jokes. <laughs> I was making jokes about Tiffany W. today. Oh, yeah. oh T- Tiffany W. has solidified her space on Black Twitter for a little while. Like, she's going to get some references. But... A lot of people were mad and upset that she put the lady on, on blast like that, with like her name and picture and all that shit. But my whole thing is, you shouldn't have been still in the first place. Yeah, especially you from your job. Yeah. Um, like, you was wrong. 
So, I personally, I don't see anything wrong with it. Would I have done it? Probably not. But <laughs> I didn't see anything wrong with it. So, in in terms of that, in terms of um, what Lizzo did, are we going to let that or leave it alone? Um. Oh man, this is tough. I didn't think it was gonna go this way. So I don't know. <laughs> so the reason why I don't know is because Tiffany, you gotta play this thing smart, right? right? So the thing about Lizzo is Lizzo is a celebrity and she's a control person. Like she wants to control every time she's in front of the camera. What you do, Lizzo or Tiffany W, is you go to Lizzo's house, drop off her food, and then let her know, hey, Take a picture and give me an autograph. Do something like this. Or I'm going to tell TMZ. Or I'm going to tell them people that you're over here. And I'm, I'm going to make it hard for you. They're going to be bothering you. They're going to be bothering you. I know where you live. Yeah, they're going to be over here. They're going to be in your well, bushes. It might have been being delivered to a hotel. I'm going to still tell them where you at. <laughs> I'm going to tell them <laughs> you in here. Somebody for Lizzo's account <laughs> is is looking. For, I'm, somebody got to open the door. And listen, no, this is no shots, no shade. Lizzo ain't small. Somebody gonna open that door. I'm gonna see Lizzo. <laughs> so I'm gonna be like, hey, that Lizzo back there. Uh, so yeah, that is. But that's what I would have did. And then you could have got something out of it. Now you out here stealing uh, Lizzo's water burger or whatever on your bike. <laughs> it, on the bicycle. That is crazy. So you know what? I'm gonna love all of this. Steal more people's food. Uh, Lizzo shot people out. Uh, shut down. Get your money back. Cause Postmates ain't. Postmates ain't really that cheap. It could, it could take a six dollar, whatever it is, and it to get it delivered to you, end yeah. up being like twenty seven dollars. Yeah. So yeah, get your money back, uh, Tiffany. You got to play that smart. But damn, I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love it too, just because I just find it comical. Um, although I do understand to an extent how you know Lizzo has a platform; she has a lot of followers, so. Putting her on blast and amongst that many people, um, but my thing is, y'all drag people all day, every day on Twitter for the little thing. Y'all blow up people spots all the time. Yeah, I I don't, and and it's not like the lady, like Tiffany, stole the fucking food. Like the food was stolen. That was my food. I was hungry, and you took my fucking food. For sure. Some of y'all be ready to kill people over your food. Uh, yeah. All I did was snitch. Listen, y'all snap y'all snap about uh the waiter in the restaurant when somebody else brings out food that looks like yours and goes to a different table. So imagine <laughs> uh, imagine a person imagine you going to the same restaurant, he's actually bringing your food, but then he walks out of the building and gets in his car. You would be livid. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. Y'all be uh, on Facebook, on Twitter. I was at the the yeah. the IHOP on twenty third. Yep. And this motherfucker took my food, and y'all would yeah. blow up the shit too. Yeah, you lose your mind over the chicken fingers. And she shouldn't have stole the food. Yeah, because now it's cold food. Now it's not right. good to anybody. And it's, <laughs> it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, I may have unintentionally hurt you, or it's nothing like that. You stole. Yeah. There is no gray area in that. You stole. And I was yeah. hungry. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of stealing uh stealing small things. Uh don't steal small things. Steal big things. Uh don't steal at all. I support stealing. Uh so, <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah. Uh take your money back from the government, steal from them, steal from anybody, uh, take the office supplies to your house, uh all of that. Do all do all of that. Uh because it's okay. It's all right. And then, like, because I used to do Uber Eats, so, mm. but, you know, I didn't do it on the bicycle. I did it in my car. So, yes. I understand, you know, you go pick up the food, like, one time. Granted, this was after I had stopped eating meat, but somebody had ordered some Popeyes. Mm. So, I'm driving, and it wasn't a close Popeyes either. So, like, this shit was in my car, and this is smelling like a two-piece dock with a biscuit and some fries. Yeah. <sighs> Spicy. Yeah, but you know I, what I did not do? Take they wild. fucking food. You no, know, that's fair. Because I always think about that when people like, um, like when I do it, because I order from places like Five Guys or something like that. And I'm like, you know, when you get the Cajun fries, your whole car smell like that forever. 
Uh, and so, yeah, yo, damn, yeah, I, y'all live a tough existence out there. <laughs> but nah, don't steal people's food. But I guess, you know, just be mindful of the people that you're blowing up. You know, if you're going to blow up the people's, you know, spot, you know, at least blur her face out. You know, she, if she would have blurred the lady face out, it probably would have been mm. a different story. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably what I would have done. Just blurred the face out and still screenshot it and posted it. And be like, Postmates, get your girl. Get her. Yeah. You better get her for I do. I'm going to hurt the feelings. Damn, Lizzo. But no, nah, but Lizzo did apologize, which was, which was, uh, no, it was a dumb move on her part. Um, you know, and Lizzo comes off as somebody who, you know, the apology was most likely authentic and, and meant. So it's all fun and games. Um, yeah. respect people's privacy, but also don't steal. Yeah, that's all. That's it. Could have had a sandwich. Not <laughs> my, my fault. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't risk it. I couldn't let it slide out. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what she ordered though. I really do. Mm. I really do. But now, what are we talking about this week, bro? Uh, so for most of you that know, uh, you wouldn't know because we're not friends. Uh, so, 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 uh, for the last couple of months, I've been doing this entrepreneur thing. Um, and fuck that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so. Uh, I really tried it and let me give you a rundown and this is how we'll get into it. So we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about, uh, accountability and all types of stuff that ties back into like your overall happiness. Right. Yeah. So this is going to be, uh, I'm gonna try to give you the, the condensed down version of 2019 for me. Um, I worked at a really big company, uh, and I worked in the it marketing department. So most people don't know that that's kind of the same thing. So, by trade, I'm a web developer. Uh, I do a lot of work in STEM and all that other stuff, right? So I code every day. I fix websites. I maintain websites. I've maintained over most of my career um, multiple websites at once. Uh, the company I was with started kind of like making these changes. And during that same time, pod dealers was kind of growing, right? We're bringing more people on board. We were holding more classes. We were throwing more events. Um and I really like was excited to kind of like birth this thing. Um, it, we this December will what I would have owned pod dealers for two years. So the first year was kind of just me sitting on it, like you know, brainstorming stuff and doing small classes about podcasting and how um, entrepreneurs should get into podcasting and this, that, and the third. So um, early, maybe early February. There started being like these rumblings about like there were going to be these mass layoffs and my department wasn't under that thing. So it was kind of whatever. The only thing about it is, too, is like my boss was new and she had just came from being laid off. So she was super antsy, which made everybody else antsy. Um, one thing led to another. They started condensing down our teams and moving them under different leadership. And then people just started kind of getting cut. Um, they moved me to a different team. There was a West Coast team which is fine, but then I had to stay up later because we don't work the same shift. So I'm ready to leave work at 5, day not, it's 2 o'clock over there. So I'm like, oh, this is bullshit, I got to stay up, which is fine. So they started going around and asking people, would they want to receive their severance package? And I was like, yeah. I got tired of staying up late. I got tired of doing this thing, and I decided to gamble on myself and start doing content full-time. Um, which for the most part, it really did. Um, but we, we wrote down scripts. We worked out a ton of different things. We opened up a Patreon account that has no content. <laughs> so, um, we did all these things. We got the website together, more content, more consistency, preaching, preaching to the people that are on pod dealers about how much content really matters. Um, working with small businesses and even working with some large businesses and helping them with content creation. So somewhere through the summer, I decided, um, well, no, let me take that back. In the summer, it got really slow as far as like business. Now, it was exciting at first when we were making money before, and then the severance package was still paying me on my normal every two weeks. So I was making money and then still getting money from the job that I had. Um, so I was really still kind of like not really a full entrepreneur, right? Not really a full entrepreneur until like July hit, 
July hit and it was, you know, you have no more real benefits. That severance package is now run out. Uh, or it's not ran out. Like the they are not sending any new money. <laughs> so um so now everything's on me. So like, you know, anytime I gotta go to the doctor, anybody my family's gotta go to the doctor, I gotta pay for that out of pocket. Um, or we're doing various things. So all of that entrepreneur life stuff that I see people constantly talk about, I never really see the like ins and outs of it, right? Like there's no blueprint, much like we said on the last episode, there is no blueprint to tell you this is how it's going to be for you. These are the things you should be doing. Here's how you, you know, legit run a business doing this thing, and especially in a business where it's not necessarily a services driven business. Um, much to people where it's like, here's a modular setup, right? So I don't do a lot of engineering like most people in podcasting do. They don't do this thing. I don't do the, and I'm going to edit your podcast and I'm going to do this thing. Like a lot of what we do is legit content creation. We do pitch meetings. We do um, content strategy, promotion, marketing, all that other stuff. Stuff that I've been doing in my career that I try to translate into my own, uh, into my own skill set. And then maybe somewhere around August, I just, I didn't have fun with it anymore. I think I was negatively impacting the people around me. And I also lost a lot of empathy for people who had um, mental health struggles. Mm. Um, And so um, even, even to you, when you would tell me, Hey, I'm just having a rough day today or I can't do it today. Like via text, I'm just like, well, Hey man, I hope you get better, which I do truly mean, but my thing is like, if my name is attached to this thing, or if I have something to do with this, then it still has to be up. It has to go up. Um, yeah. Because like I'm attached to it. If I'm not attached to it, then to be honest, I don't care. Like I, whatever, that's fine. You take it as long as you need to take to for you to feel better. Because I'd rather, uh, I'd rather a happy version of you or anybody else who um, I'm working with to be a hundred percent themselves and come in here with a clear mind. But now I'm in this like I have to constantly be making something because that is the thing that can lead to cash. That is the thing that leads to more opportunities. So even gaps in time um, when I go on interviews or when I go on those things or when I go to pitch meetings for companies or um, small businesses, they ask about that. Hey, you didn't put something up in the last two weeks. What was that about? Or like, what does it look like? What is consistency? You can't be preaching consistency and you putting something up, right? So it's a lot of like following through on what you say you're going to do. Um, and so I think maybe at the end of August, I had started like, you know, looking for new jobs just to kind of see what was out there. Um, my skill set in marketing, my skill set um, in web development, just to kind of see what was out there. And so behold, I had started getting all these um, like web design jobs and all the other stuff. And I didn't want to do that. So then I had started putting the stuff I do for pod dealers on my resume and that's when all the other new opportunities came up. So all these creative director jobs, directors of e-commerce, directors of communications, all this kind of stuff where now small companies are mid well, not even small, but like mid-sized and large companies are looking to get into the content creation business. And they don't know how to do it. But they want to bring in somebody who does. Um, like I recently went on an interview for a place in Arlington. It's a medical company. Um, and that's what they want to do. They want to do a weekly video series and podcast for their medical company. They want to talk to like directors and all kinds of other stuff. And you would just head up the, the, uh, the communications department and you would just make videos and, and podcasts for them internally every week. Um, and so that's why I got on Twitter and I was like, put everything you do for your podcast on your resume. Um, and just find a technical term for whatever it is that you do and put it up there. And so, uh, or find somebody who writes resumes and do that. Like shout out to Tristan Layfield. Like he definitely held me down. He's been holding me down since we interviewed him on the last podcast we did. Um, yeah, he's definitely been, been doing his thing. And so like he hooked the resume up and literally every other week it's a director position, um, or a manager position with something to do with communications and stuff like that. So once I started kind of getting back out there in the job hunt, I kind of was like, Hey man, no offense to the people that do this full time. This doesn't feel like failure to me, but I'm just not ready for this full time entrepreneurship. And I come from a I come from a line of people who just side hustle. And maybe that's just what it will always be for me. Um, And so I just was like, hey, man, fuck this. I'm going back to the office. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am. So, like, um, 
Yeah, in like uh in like a few days actually. Like I go back to this uh marketing position. Um and and yeah, so that's kind of the where I'm at with it. Um and I know that's a lot to unpack as far as like what what does true entrepreneurship look like? What does mentorship in an entrepreneurial space look like? What does mental health look like? Um because yes. even though even though I know I'm working for myself, I'm generating income and things like that. On days when my mental health is shit, I can't do it because I'm also managing other creatives. And I kind of felt like a lot of times I didn't have a place to turn to because everybody else would beat me to the punch to tell me they're not feeling it today. Mm. So it's a lot of like, man, just, just fuck off. I think everything I'm doing is bullshit. And so even though that my brain's fucked up and I'm telling myself ain't shit. And why did you start this company? Cause it ain't doing nothing. And you ain't making the money you wanted to see. Or why did you take that severance package? That was dumb. <laughs> like you could have just, you could have just kept working at a job that you hated with, but nobody talked to you and you didn't want to talk to anybody and you could have still been making iron money. <laughs> so, uh, but, I, but yeah. Right. And so now I got to go back. Yeah. Like I, I gambled on myself and I did, it doesn't feel like a lot. It doesn't feel like a loss. Right. It doesn't like, right. I know what losing feels like. I don't, this doesn't feel like a loss to me. So, you know, we'll try again. This is definitely it's like a ride your bike situation. Yeah, for sure. And it's not even like it's not even like a step back. It's really like, realistically to me like a oh, okay, cool. This is how I need to invest, right? Because it's also trying to get people to believe in the thing that you're doing, right? So like with the Patreon yeah. page, we need to just genuinely create more content and put it up there and have people go into it. Um and we had the Patreon page set up for a while just the video the videographer that we had before fell into hard times and we just couldn't get the stuff that we needed to get done made and uh everybody else was essentially like out of our price range and we needed more money than we needed more money than i felt like that project took um right and so that was that was a thing and it was like you said uh, like you say a lot on here it's a lot about time and energy and also being very intentional with the things that we're creating so i had to really like constantly do an assessment of is this worth it yeah and it's like <clears throat> one thing that I've, I've i've started to learn and realize and, and accept is that when you're moving and you you're kind of figuring things out on your own you do kind of end up having to take those times where you kind of stop and reflect and and regroup and restructure and rebuild things and then continue going one thing that I feel like has gotten in my way, um, and it was part of why last week I was in a, a a wave because I I didn't stop and restructure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kept adding things on top and adding things on top, and it's kind of like when you build in a tower of blocks, and then you know you got your your big rectangle blocks at the bottom, and then you got your squares, and then I was trying to put a rectangle on top of the squares and then everything mm-hmm. came crumbling down. Right, yeah. When I should have just stopped, took everything apart and restructured it and put all the rectangles back at the bottom, then I wouldn't have gone through that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like it's good to recognize those, those moments where it's like, okay, I need to stop and I need to restructure. I need to relook at things. Mm-hmm. Um, And sometimes that means, you know, okay, and let me go back to this office. Yeah. For a little bit, let me go back to school. Yeah. Um, but it's all part of the process, and it's all part of the journey. Again, there is no blueprint. There, well, there's like general blueprints, and you can look at other people's careers and things, but there's no direct guidance in any of this shit that we're doing. And mm-hmm. when you're trying to figure it out on your own, if you're not giving yourself that time and that space to sit back and reflect you're you're kind of doing yourself a disservice so like i'm i'm happy for like i see this as part of your journey and part of your progression and and rise to the top i just i don't want you to get stuck in nobody's office no (laughs) well no no (laughs) but like i i like you've been working you've been grinding man you've been busting your ass and and getting things together but maybe it is time just to sit back reflect regroup restructure and then take back off because i know you're gonna fuck it up like you're good for yeah so i so i think the thing for me is like 
um, I think, like you said, like being very intentional with what we're doing, right? So a lot of what, a lot of where my success comes in with podcasting, um, with friendships, and a lot of things I do is a lot of freestyling, right? Um, it's a lot of freestyling, it's a lot of going with the flow, rolling with the punches, because I know the reason why the reason why I'm set up that way is because when I sit down and plan things out and they don't work, it's easy for me to get devastated and then be like, none of this matters because it's never going to fucking work. Right. Same. But if I, if I, <laughs> right. So if I go into it kind of like, Oh, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. It's whatever kind of go with the flow. Then that it's hard for me to combine those two things together. Like, Oh, well we did this. It didn't work. Let's move on to something else. Like it's easier said than done. Um, and so that's why I don't feel as bad because I kind of was like, I'm just see what's going to happen. Like, um, like I said, we we held classes for podcasting. We sold out events. Um, we've we've done other things. We've done poetry events. Um, we did a short series, which I think we'll probably bring back, which is the self-care for creatives. Um, Saturday series is I don't want to say it's a hit, uh, but people like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm super excited. And that was another thing too. Like, um, Saturday series was going to be one of the podcasts that was going to be on Patreon. Um, but it didn't, it didn't feel right for me to do that. It, I wanted to see what the, how the audience would engage with, um, a podcast that is specific to, um, storytelling and trying to get people to believe in that. Uh, is a thing and it's still a big to do like season three will be out uh in a few months almost but that is like everything i'm doing now is really like experimental like you said there is no blueprint right and so it's just the same way i feel about when we worked together previously when you said you were going to be uh when you wanted to act right like it's not that i ever didn't see you being an actor i just was like this is a different skill set and i don't know if he can or can't do it but if he said he want to do it I, I rock with it. And so I sit back sometimes and think about it. Like when I'm sitting or I'm looking at the timeline or you're promoting Kennedy or you're promoting chapter two, you're promoting the things, that you, even the, uh, the little silent joint. I can't, I don't know the title of it. I keep forgetting of it, but, uh, the water daily. I'm waiting yeah. for the updated trailer. Yeah. So like you look good. People, people are really uh, excited about it. And so those are the things that like, I also want it in my, like we're making things, we're doing things. Um, but I also do a lot of upholding that close to the chest because I'm not ready for that thing to be critiqued. Um, mm. I'm not ready for that thing to be, um, I'm not ready for it to be critiqued, but I'm also not ready for it to be ignored in that. And when you make content, a lot of what you do, a lot of what you do and create feels like it goes ignored regardless yeah. of how big your marketing team is. It feels like, People don't recognize the things surrounding or the effort it took to make that. Yeah. But the thing with all of this stuff is like the ups and the downs and the, the being afraid of the, or, you know, being anxious and nervous about the criticism and not wanting to be ignored and, you know, taking the breaks and all the hard work that goes into it. It's like, is the person, are you pursuing something that would make you happy in the long run? And is it worth it? And I know for me, I have to ask myself that constantly. And it's always, I'm sure that I'm I'm pursuing things that would make me happy. So it's like, if it's going to make you happy, is it worth it? You know, is it worth these late nights? Is it worth, you know, going from work to school to coming home and trying to get some work done and sleep and then work and a part-time job? And like, is the hustle and the grind, is it really worth it? Um, is the happiness worth it? Um, and it is for, for it's some, some sick part of all this shit, the, the, the anxiety and the, the nervousness and the, the fear and all that part. Like there's some part of me that gets excited off of that shit. Mm-hmm. Some part of me likes being drained, but knowing that I'm drained because I'm, 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 putting my best foot forward into to turning, you know, a dream into into like reality and and creating shit and producing shit and learning shit. Like 
I'd rather be drained and tired from that than drained and tired from just working on somebody's job that I don't want to be on. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. I think that's the thing about me, too. So one thing that happened to me prior to leaving my old job was this white lady. She came in and um, she was asking me, what did I want to do? And I had told her, like, my end goal is to be a creative director for some company. Right. We do a lot of looks and feel. So she explained to me that there are two things, like two different types of creative directors. It's the people who do, um, you know, look and feel, which is kind of what I do at pod dealers. Right. So the like logos, uh, content strategy, how things relate to people. Right. And then there are more like the creative directors who do analytical stuff, which is probably closer to what I'll be doing in my next job. Um, where we, you know, we look at numbers, we look at how people use things, user experience kind of stuff. Um, and so she had looked at my resume and she, we had this conversation and she was like, well, it just looks like you just take whatever's available. And during that conversation, I remember getting really mad because I remember every job that I ever really wanted, I never got. And so it would always be this kind of like time crunch and money crunch to like whatever comes next. That's the thing I'm going to take. Um, and I would end up working like that would be the job where I would be there for three, four five years and hate it and <laughs> be like, I hate this shit. But it pays. Right. So this time looking for a job, I've been very intentional about this is how much I want to make. This is the position I want. So like really getting the thing that I want um, has made me feel better now. Now, as far as whatever they said during the interview versus that thing. And that's why I like I always want to have conversations about interviewing uh, as well, because I think we don't ask enough questions about the company and how they get down um, before we decide if we're going to work there like some people just see the big company name you're like yeah i want to work here but i like the things that i asked on interview was like what's the culture like here what's morale like around here because i've definitely worked places where everybody hates it there like you the new guy and everybody's like don't let such and such trick you into doing some other shit or you're like damn i just i only been here like 30 minutes (laughs) you know coming to my desk and being like this motherfucker is going to backstab you and it's that, you know, don't trust these people, all kinds of shit, like within the first at least couple of months of working there. Um, and so I think this time, too, which I'm saying, like, it doesn't feel like a loss. Like, so that way, um, you know, I'm choosing to step away from being an entrepreneur. I'm choosing to go back to the office to work for a company that I want to work for. Um, but to your goal, like to your thing too, is like also keep it in the back of your mind, much like you said, like school, like I know the end goal, like I know what I need to do. Um, and somebody else had recently said this on Twitter too. Like they had said, like once you get close to your 10 year mark in your career, you start kind of feeling really weird about what's going on in the landscape, especially if you're black in an industry. So, um, things kind of get really weird. Um, and I'm always super proud of like the dudes who took the business classes, all the accounting kids. Um, all y'all look really cool. Y'all look really, <laughs> really dope and happy. I don't know how much y'all do or don't love y'all's job, but everybody that I know that took accounting seems to be super happy. And they all ended up being podcasters too, so shout out to y'all. We out here. We out here. But um, so in terms of just like career and being a creative, like, how do you know that it makes you happy? Um, so for me, creating and cooking go hand in hand. It's a lot of gathering the ingredients, putting it together, and then just kind of releasing it out to people or or feeding it to people. Um, the way they consume it, that's the part. Like, I get really excited about the making it part and then releasing it part. Um, right. As long as we've been podcasting every Sunday when I put out Just Say Words, I still get nervous. Um, and that's how I know I still like I'll forever love this. Um <laughs> because that's the thing. Like it's stuff that I do and I'm just like it's mindless to me. Like I'll just do it because it's the it's the thing. But right. once yeah, once I hit publish, I'm like, I mean, I hope people really like this. I I hope I hear some feedback from this. Um so that's the thing that makes me happy about it. Just seeing people engage with it, seeing people kind of like um, talk about it, or even if they don't talk about it, or if they say like, hey, you know what, I've been meaning to listen. 
or um, that thing. I'm just like, yo, I'm just happy that this work is going or this work is getting acknowledged. So that's what okay. it is for me. What about you? Um, I don't know. A lot of how I, I base my happiness, um, just in general, at one point, my happiness was based off of avoiding things that didn't make me happy. Mm, okay. So it was this very, like, this makes me happy because it's the opposite of what makes me unhappy. Um, it was more so avoidance than happiness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when we started, well, when I started podcasting, it kind of changed because like the, the anxiety and the nervousness and, and the fear, those were all things that made me unhappy, which is why it took me so long to even start trying to do anything creative because I was just always like really nervous about it and really anxious about it. I was always like making something or, you know, trying to write something or doing some crazy stuff, like with whatever graphic software I had, um, trying to mix songs in, in cheap software. Like I've always been, you know, creating things and trying to create things. I just never felt comfortable doing it publicly and, and making things and putting it out. Mm -hmm. But once I started podcasting and I just went on and did it, my pursuit of happiness, I guess it went from me avoiding things to me, just generally finding things that I love and that make me feel good even if it comes at the risk of some type of negative emotion, be it fear, be it anxiety, be it whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, It's something about podcasting. I've, three years. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. something that keeps me coming back to it, that keeps me wanting to do all these shows, that something about editing and, and just having these dope conversations and, you know, investing in, in, uh, equipment and you know this expensive ass mic and this mixer and learning how to control like that shit it makes me feel so good um being able to say yo i have these i made these and you know people may like it they may not but i made them and not only did i make them i'm actively working on being better and becoming better um you know seeing the the, the artwork for my shows like on my phone, this is like, oh shit, I made that. Or, you know, like we made that. Um, mm-hmm. with acting, I love being on set. I love, um, just creating a, 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 a visual. I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Um, and being on the other side of the camera and creating the stories and, and it's, it's so dope and it makes me feel good. Um, again, those, feelings of fear and anxiety and shit they rise they come up because it's like i'm doing things that depend on on um you know public acceptance to a certain extent you know Mm -hmm. no that's true but avoiding that feeling didn't make me happy you know in the past but you know running towards it and and hopefully through it you know i'm I'm learning to find the excitement and the joy in in that um like I'm in like in TV production, my TV production course, I'm in there like I'm geeked. Just learning about that shit. I'm geeked. In my intro to graphic design, I'm geeked. Mass communications, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not as much. But you know, it's it's sort of interesting class. Um and then just the doing the work and just putting my foot best foot forward and doing the work and actively trying to become better like i inspire myself to become better excuse me because it's like look at where you came from you came from being meek and shy and and all that shit depressed anxious all that and look at you now like mm-hmm. you ain't like famous famous but like i mean you you've done some good work and and people like your work and i'm starting to to see my progress at least from three years ago mm-hmm. um so that that's where my happiness is rooted in now, just realizing the things that I'm afraid of and the things that give me anxiety um, and seeing what I want to do and what I want to be beyond that and not being afraid to run through all those negative feelings and running through all the failures and all the setbacks and 
and all the times I got to stop and reflect and rebuild and regroup and, and the financial shit that's going to come. Like it's going to be a, 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 it's going to be a journey. It's Mm going to be a road, but I want my late night show. You know what I mean? I want my studio. I want, to be on TV. I want to be in these movies. I want to write them. I want to direct them. I want to produce them. I want to be great. I want to create dope shit that speaks to people, that make people laugh, um, that give people a, a glimpse of themselves or their, their reality um, on the screen. And I want to make people feel good. I want to use my voice and my platform. So, like, I want to do so much dope shit. Um, that revolve around just creating and getting over that fear to pursue it makes me happy. Oh, that's fair. Um, I'd be tired of shit. Yeah. But no, like I said, it's, super it's that good tire. It's that good tire. And that's how I know that this shit is making me happy. Cause it's that good tire. It's that tire where it's like, I'm tired as fuck, but I'm smiling. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to get up, but I'm smiling. <laughs> like, so that's kind of how I know this shit is like, it's, Something about it. I'm I'm in the realm of where I'm supposed to be. Um, I'm yeah. confident in that. It's just a matter of finding the lane and and honing skills and networking and all that stuff. But I know for a fact that I'm in the space that I'm supposed to be in because all negative feelings aside, it makes me happy and it brings me joy. That's dope. That was a lot. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, it is. I think that's the thing. Like. I think I think people call themselves creatives with without doing this um without necessarily believing in the process or doing that thing too, right? Like a lot of a lot of what we do it is all process driven, right? Isn't you're not going to see a return on this thing for a while. Like you're not you have to really like get into your shit. And so I had tweeted this uh I tweeted this yesterday um, cause I was talking to a woman and, and I was kind of like, yo, you know, I've been trying to work with these creatives, but like, um, you know, I can't, I can't get people on the phone. It's, I can't get people to show up to attend meetings. Like they're not telling me that their schedule conflicts. It's just, I can't, you know, can't really work with them. And so she had like turned and looked at me and she was like, a lot of creatives think they're Andre 3000, but a lot of them are Lauren Hill. And I was like, <laughs> hey, so. And so I tweeted that and then somebody was like, I don't get it. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, let me explain. So what happens is it is okay for Andre 3000 to be playing a flute in LaGuardia, right? <laughs> because he has this amazing body of work and he can do, and he, you can go back and pick any verse or movie or whatever that he has done. And you'd be like, you know what? He put a lot of effort into that. If he wants to chill now, he can chill, right? But a lot of times, what creatives do is they do one dope thing and then think they got their shit made. Like, yeah, I can just do whatever I want now. Uh, and it doesn't work like that. Right. Is And this is no shade to Lauren. It's just, that was the comparison. Like you done something dope and you've been resting on that forever. And in, we want in you. In Lauren Hill's defense. No, 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 This isn't, this isn't a knock to Lauren Hill. This is a knock to creatives who have done one dope thing. <laughs> I know, so, but. And and I feel like we give Lauren, we don't give her enough. We can give her two. Okay. What what and we are say two? Wait, because what? I feel like Lauren Hill, she owns the score. Like Lauren Lauren Hill outdid Prods and Wycliffe on the score. I will give her that. Okay. Um, that's up to you. Uh, so this do you agree this is, or do you disagree? This is about to be an interesting conversation. Um. In all honesty, I actually don't care. I didn't listen to any of those. Um, you didn't talk to the score? No, I didn't really care. So, all right, hold on. Let me finish this thing because this was a business conversation. This is turning into a music conversation. <laughs> uh, so, so, so this, uh, so this thing was we were discussing business, and that's why why she talked about it because she had ran into right. several people who had done that. Right, so she's trying to do business, help creatives get put on, but it's that. The comparison is you have done one dope thing by yourself and you are right. doing that. So it's, it is no, it is like I said, it's no knocks to Lauren Hill. The, the, yeah. uh, the premise of those two things is really true. And so I try to keep myself from being like, 
also getting caught up in the success of whatever it is that we make or I make um, to where I'm just like, yo, that's dope. I also never give myself the credit to move forward in that thing of like, oh, yo, the thing you did was dope. I don't ever get my chance to sit down and be like, you know what? We did a really good job and I should appreciate that more. The thing that I right. do is like, yeah, we're finished now. Let's start the next thing. Um, yeah. And so that's the thing. That. So, so to go back to your music point, right? Um, I showed up to the Fuji's late. Everybody I know, my brothers uh, and my cousins and everybody had the score. I only listened to the songs that were on the radio. Um, my mom was really strict with rap music, so we had to like sneak and listen to it. Um, and Lauren <laughs> Hill just wasn't. Lauren Hill and the Fugees and them just weren't on my to-do list. Uh, if we were going to go above and beyond and listen to like the super hardcore shit, we was listening to Wu Tang, all of that other stuff, like all the hey, other shit that you were, really bruh, weren't supposed to. Bruh, 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 so. bruh, bruh. You've been watching Wu Tang the American Saga on Hulu? No, uh, I said I was going to wait. Bruh. I was going to wait and do that. That shit is good. Granted, they doing that thing where like they put up, I think three or four episodes, and now they're doing it weekly. Yeah. It's like the first few are up and then but that song is good. That shit is everything. And I was just in the thirty six chambers. I'm like, yo, why well, didn't no nigga put me onto this shit before? Yeah, that's uh that was the thing. We listened to a lot of that. We listened to a lot of like Wu Tang and shit like that. Uh Thirty Six Chambers crank, yeah. bruh. What? Yeah. Shame like, what a nigga for driver. Ah! I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. So I'm sorry. Um we listened to a fair amount of that, but you know, it's no knock to Lauren. Like I said, like I I can uh I understand her greatness. I am not knocking it. We just chose oh, other man, things. She, she. <laughs> yeah, we just yeah, we she, just chose I mean other things. We're not gonna give her too 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 much, but but no. Yeah. Listen to the score. Check the score out. It's a really good album, just in general. Um but yeah, listen to it whenever you get the chance. And let me know. You know, how mm-hmm. you feeling about Lauren against Proz and Wyclef? Because I feel like she really bought it. It's, it's one song. Um, I forget what he said, but he it's something about he like the girl should have went solo and something, something, something speaking of Lauren. Blunder on Reality was actually a decent album as well. Okay. But not too many people are hip to that one. Are we counting Lauren Hill Unplugged and uh, The Miseducation as two separate things? Yes, and that's okay. why I said too because the score is like a half. Okay, <laughs> that's one of the possible, and then one and two possibles will be two. Okay, kind of, but no, I, I thoroughly enjoy Lauren Hill's Unplugged album. Um, it was different, and she was definitely on some other shit on some of them tracks, but it it um I always had that album definitely sparked my spiritual journey. And really just, uh, I was 18 when I first heard it, so very impressionable, not knowing shit. Um, and it just made me think a lot. It made me wonder about a lot of stuff, um, and helped me to start shifting my perspective on things. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good body of work. Very, uh, reflect, like, it, it'll put you in like a, a or it puts me in a self reflective state. Um, and yeah, it it, it it was some good good themes on there, some good themes. I believe good you. Stuff. Good stuff. Check it out when you get the chance. But Wu Tang: The American Saga is dope as fuck. The casting is great. Uh, Meth and ODB just glided through thirty six shames like it was nothing, mm-hmm. like it was nothing. And I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think we could have a continuous conversation about how important Wu-Tang is to the culture and how Wu-Tang is important to a fair amount of uh, a lot of people's upbringing. Um, I would love to hear more conversations about how like hip hop in general um, was super pivotal to people. Um, Like I I joke about it all the time, but it's super true. A lot of like my introduction to, um, to hip hop was through like those BMG and like Columbia houses. You can get twelve CDs for like a nickel type shit. Uh, I remember so, those. So yeah, and they just every company that came out just did another one where they would just be like, "But you can get thirty CDs for like two dollars," and we're like, "Yup." And then they let you do the like 
we'll give you the CDs and you can pay us later. And be like, yep. <laughs> so we just filled up CD books full of like all kinds of like hip hop and stuff like that. Um, and then eventually when they kept coming, we, that's when we started listening to like alternative and like rock music and shit, because we were like, yo, we got every new rap CD out. And like, what are we going to listen to now? We're like, Alanis Morissette. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's what we I listen to. I got one hand in my pocket. Yeah, it would be a, a lot of that. Yeah, it would be. A, yeah, imagine listening to like Thirty Six Chambers or Rakim or Coogee Rap or something, and then switching to that. Like that was a. It was pretty funny. Or but Green Day. I remember getting Green Day. That was a. We got Alanis Morissette <laughs> and Green Day in the same package. <laughs> to to kind of bring it full circle, um. When it when we talking about just pursuing the things that make us happy and and having those setbacks and those moments where you gotta kind of stop and reflect, let's remember that RZA was originally Prince Joaquin. Oh, yeah, no, that's one hundred percent true. And I love you, Joaquin ain't going nowhere, but he ain't stop. You feel me? Yeah, well, that's true. And he went from I love you, Joaquin, to Wu Tang and Thirty Six Chambers, and did you watch the documentary on Showtime? No, I don't have Showtime, but I need to figure out a way to watch it. Um, I know it's there was a, a lot of, parts. yeah, it was a it was a lot of talk about it. Um, I don't know if they touched on it on in Hip Hop Evolution that was on Netflix, but um, I did. I, I knew most of it, like you know them beefing and falling out and uh, how they kind of came oh, together and everything like that. Definitely drama, but the way business was handled, the way RZA handled that business like i'm gonna say this and then we can do whatever but like the group got signed mm-hmm. but because usually what they'll do is apparently from what i watched like if a group gets signed to a label like the individual artists are also signed to the label mm-hmm. but when wu-tang got signed they signed the group and each artist was free to sign with another label um and the label that they were signed to as a group they had um you know, if they couldn't match the deal from another label, they was that's how Meth ended up on like Def Jam. Um, I forgot where ODB went, but um, like the, just the way that RZA set that business up, mm-hmm. I gotta respect that man. It was, it was a move. It was a really dope move. Um, so I would definitely check out of Mike Simon. Um, it was a four part thing. I was like the first two, but good shit, really good shit. That's dope. And shame one nigga has been on repeat. Mm. Well, for like a week. That is fair. That's shout out to you, Tiffany W. <laughs> shout out to you, shame one. Shame a nigga. one a nigga for trying to steal food from a nigga. I'll yeah. fuck your ass. Up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Look at that full circle. Great callback. <laughs> <laughs> but no, is there anything you want to see the weave on this conversation, bro? Um. I would like to see people stepping out on a ledge. Sometimes you got to gamble on yourself, guys. Um, listen, your company is is betting on you sitting in that seat forever. Um, and and you got to believe in yourself and your dreams and all the other shit. And I know it sounds super cliche, but the thing that I've been saying now is like, don't be afraid to dream bigger. Um, yeah. And also... Don't be afraid to like, don't be afraid to ask for your value. Not necessarily for the, some really high exorbitant dollar amount. Be like, well, how much realistically, like, can you put a dollar amount to your time? Or can you put a dollar amount to your skill set and something that you're comfortable with? Trading your time or your skill set for the actual dollar amount. Um, and I would like to see more people do their thing, whether it be side hustling or maybe, maybe you'll be better at it than anybody else. But like stepping out and doing that thing. Um Turn your hobby into dollars. So that's yes. <laughs> that's what I want to see more people do. Uh, the things I will weed out are um, fear. Uh, I want to weed out some of the fear. Um, it's okay to fail. Uh, I'm not a big fan of failing publicly, but the thing that I've learned is failing in front of people also gets, that's the true way to get people to see your vision. Uh, oh, I saw what you were trying to do. Here, let me help you. That kind of thing. Um so yeah, that's my thing. What about you? Um, I want to continue to plant seeds of skill building and learning. Um, because there are a lot of basics 
and having a firm understanding of those things definitely help professionally. Just the things that I've learned in television production alone, it's just like, wow, okay, so this shit definitely is a little bit deeper than I thought. Um, but I love it, man. It's so good. It's great. Um, so I definitely want to continue to plant more seeds of that because I feel like it's really important to, you know, have, in order to, to turn your dream into a reality, you need skill to do that. Um, you're not always going to luck up and just be able to get by off a of talent alone. I think skill is really important. Skill helps to make you, um, more versatile. And it just gives you the ability to do more things and it opens up doors. Um, so definitely skill building. Um, I, when I was watching uh, Beyonce making the gift, amazing television, by the way, but they were recording in what looked like, you know, houses and, and rooms and stuff. You know, they weren't always in a studio. And I've seen other things where people have been recording, like in their bedrooms and things like that. So it's just like, when people invest and pay for in studio time, like you could have got your own mic and, you know, your equipment and learn some software. Mm-hmm. And not only can you record your own stuff, but now you done developed a skill set that you can use to, to, you know, get your foot in more doors. Cause Kanye got his foot in the door producing. I always use that, that reference. Kanye got his foot in the door producing. And I look at him. Grant, I mean, look at him, but. Look at the work he's done. <laughs> so that was skill building and just being flexible in whatever your your um your lane is. I find that really helps, um, especially in those moments where you got to take a step back and reassess and restructure stuff. Um, it's just good to have as many skills as possible. And then as far as weeding out, I'm going to add on to yours and say I'm going to weed out uh, stopping because of fear. I'm going to weed out the hesitation that comes from fear and the, the, the self doubt that comes from fear. Um, because for me, those are the things that get in my way. It's not the fear itself. It's what comes as a result and the feeling of those things. Right. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm weeding out. Okay. This was good shit. Good shit. Yo, I'm really getting better at these, like, you know, impromptu conversation things. Like, I'm proud of my ass. Like, look at me. Yeah, shout out to you. Yeah, this isn't your thing. You're a very scripted podcast person. I am not. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, yeah, just start recording and start talking. We're going to make it. Uh, we're going to make it happen. And I think those are the things that are the keys to um, uh, success. I think those those two contrasting styles. Um always work with each other but yeah so shout out to you for coming to the freestyle side um no, granted before i was like okay we can do this 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 and this but then we got i was like all right cool bam we just go we flowing i'm getting good at this i'm, I'm relaxed you know I'm, I'm a little congested right now sinus and shit going on but like i'm feeling lively on the mic like i'm just feeling good about things i'm feeling really good and i i'm locking a lot of this feeling in because i'm going to tap into it if and when another wave hits, but I'm just feeling really good and, and everything's dope, man. I appreciate yeah. you so much. It's really good. Well, we, the audience, all of us, we appreciate you for being here. Um, I appreciate y'all for allowing space for my gay black ass, man. That is fair. That is fair. <laughs> uh, so, granted, I just like kind of just started taking up space, but oh, okay. well, we, I didn't we really get kicked you. out. No, we invite you to take up more space, say more things. <laughs> uh, yes, please with the socials. Yeah, do do more things. But yeah, uh, speaking of the audience, we want you, uh, audience members, to rate and review the show. We would love to hear from you guys. We also love your comments. We would love your feedback. We would love for you to use the hashtag #GrowBroPod and talk about stuff that you heard on the episode, things you agree with, things you don't agree with. Maybe you feel a different way about Lauren Hill and you want to tell me how I'm supposed to feel about an <laughs> album I didn't listen to. Uh, or you <laughs> or you can feel a different way about Andre 3000 playing a flute or oboe or some other type of woodwind uh, as your a local bodega. A flute is not a woodwind. It's, uh, no, one of those. a flute isn't a woodwind. Okay. What's a flute? Uh, you tell me if you said it's not a woodwind. Cause it don't have no wood thing in it. It don't got a reed thing. Okay, listen. 
you can call you can also write us and tell us what is and isn't a woodwind. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen. I don't think a flute is a woodwind. We're not about to no. This this is the part where he was gonna close out the show for you guys. And I'm oh, gonna shit stop. it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty smart. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for another episode of the Grow Bow Podcast. Hey, I'm your co host. Right. Unlike woodwind <laughs> instruments with reeds, a flute is an aerophone or reedless wind instrument. That produces sound from the flow of air across an opening. So that's what it was. I knew it didn't have no reed part in it, like a saxophone and shit. But I also knew it wasn't a brass, like a trombone and trumpet. Fair. Close the show. And of course, I knew it wasn't a string or percussion. So what's a recorder? I'm not. I'm not doing. We are. We are done. Family of instrumentals. (laughs) This is. This is now behind the scenes of the podcast. <laughs> Did you ever play a recorder's a woodwind too? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, wow. Oh, because I guess they can be made of wood. But I ain't never seen no wooden recorder or a wooden flute. The more you know, the mm-hmm. more you fucking know. But yeah, um, seasons change. Mad things rearrange. But if it ain't growing, it's dead. We out of here. Peace. <laughs>